We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA front office show. We're back in action today. And Keith's back is back in, in action today. Uh, Keith, I don't know if you saw over on the uh, the community section on the YouTube channel. I was updating your injury status. Uh, you got upgraded <laughs> to probable uh, before today's show and, and happy to see that uh, that you were able to suit up for this one. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, it was uh Man, back issues, no joke. It, uh, it it put me down and out. I think uh, doing our last show was put, pushed me as far as I could go. And thankfully, yesterday was a little bit lighter of a day news-wise because I sat there basically, I like to refer to it in traction. We have uh, one of those adjustable beds. So like I was like all like positioned. <laughs> and anybody who's had back issues knows it's about finding a comfortable spot and then just staying in it uh, for as long as you can. So I... Uh, Finally got good interaction there and was just hanging out, but but I'm back. I'm feeling pretty good today and knock on wood here and and uh but we'll, we'll be ready to go. Well, glad to hear it. Glad that you're back in action here. And I guess the the place to to start. I'm really curious to get your thoughts on this. Doc Rivers to the Bucks. You've got plenty of experience with with Doc Rivers from his time in Boston. Um, you know I don't have the contract figures in front of me, but when I saw it, I went. Oh, that's that that's a lot of money and a lot of years for a guy who's coming in mid-season. Um, I guess before we get into the Adrian Griffin of it all, what are your thoughts? Doc taking over the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, it sounds like it's uh three and a half years, 40 million dollars. So uh, prorated out to about eleven million per season. So that'll uh uh put, put him um you know under Eric Spolster, under Monty Williams, obviously a much shorter term deal, but that is there. And it's worth noting the Bucks are still paying Mike Budenholzer and they're paying Adrian Griffin. So they're going to be paying three guys uh, as coaches and two of them to not coach the Bucks. So we don't know right now what it looks like if Budenholzer and or Griffin reemerge somewhere else, what their deals look like. That would probably be a next year thing at the earliest. But uh, yeah. My thoughts on Doc are probably a little bit more rosy than some others mm -hmm. because when he was a Celtics coach, they were pretty good. They they weren't good the whole time. They had some bad years for sure uh, with the Celtics, but then they had some great ones, including their last title uh, with them. So I, I generally don't have the harsh feelings that several have towards Doc, but I also get it. He blew a lot of playoff series with the Clippers. 
Uh, he was not always great with the 76ers either, including last year, uh, losing, I believe it was a 3-2 lead uh, to, to, to the Celtics. So I get it where people feel like it's there. I think he leans too heavily into bench lineups and meaning all bench lineups out mm-hmm. there. So I don't, I don't know how much Bucks fans are looking forward to like Portis, Crowder, Connaughton, Bochamp, and Payne lineups for far too many minutes in crucial playoff games, but for the win. probably going to happen. So it is what it is with, with that, but I don't think he's a bad coach by any means. He's generally won a lot. I think he's got something like 13 consecutive winning seasons or something like that, maybe even longer. So we're, we're going to see you know, where it all goes um, here, but I, yeah, this whole situation remains to be a little bit confusing in Milwaukee. Yeah, it's um, it was a really fast turnaround here. And the thing that's a little bit, well, unfortunately, it's a little bit maybe questionable. And for me, it's familiar. It's that Doc was consulting with the Bucks, and then they fired Adrian Griffin and hire him on. So it just, and I'm not saying this was happening. It probably wasn't, but it comes across like, was Doc telling them, hey, get rid of Adrian Griffin and hire me? Like that just, those questions get raised. And again, not saying that's what he was doing, but, and we saw the same thing in Lakerland years ago when Magic Johnson was suddenly brought in to consult with Mitch Kupchak and Jim Boss. And like a month later, Kupchak and Boss are gone and Magic's the guy. It, it just leads to a, a number of questions. So that That's an added layer to this where people are like, huh, yeah, that it's a little strange the way, that all that all went down. Um, also interesting interesting that Giannis has like denied involvement in it and everything. Like, you know, the Bucks aren't gonna make a move like that, a big move like and not talk to Giannis. So it's it to me, it always comes across as disingenuous when, when a guy comes out and just says, Oh no, you know, I don't like I get it, you don't actually pull the trigger, but there's no chance that they didn't go to Giannis and say, Hey, what are things really like with with Adrian Griffin? Is this working? Do we need to make a move? How would you feel if we did make a move? There's zero chance they did this without talking to him. So when they when you try to put your hands up and go, oh no, it wasn't wasn't me. Well, I didn't have anything to do with it. Yes, you did. You did. Just be honest about it. Yeah, and I thought Jamal Collier of ESPN put it well when he said, you know, paraphrasing a little here, but there was no one thing. That caused the Bucks to say, see you later to yeah. uh, Adrian Griffin. It was more an accumulation of a whole bunch of little things. Uh, one of the things that has been called out was, and we saw this publicly, the team was questioning the whole changing of the defense so drastically from what's done so well for them to Brooke Lopez playing up at the level of the ball in a hedge and recover type scheme, even a straight switching scheme at times versus the drop defense that has worked well. And in uh, Giannis recently said something along the lines of, what are we going to be? Are we going to give up a lot of three pointers? Are we going to give them up from everywhere? Are we going to let teams get to the rim? Because right now we're letting all of it happen. And that's right. that, that Not gets pr- pretty messy. So that's, it, it, the writing was on the wall here. I st- I still personally found it a little surprising just from the standpoint of they had the second best record in the league. But I said it a couple days ago. If you've lost faith, do it. Don't don't yeah. continue to go forward if you don't believe anymore because it's just not going to end anywhere good. Well, and that's you know you talk about Brooke Lopez and the defense the defensive schemes. It's if it's Anthony Davis, if it's Bam Adebayo, if it's like the the more mobile bigs in, in today's NBA, if it's Evan Mobley, even you're running at the five or something. Okay, yeah, bring him up to level the ball. And I wish my Lakers did this more. Switch, 
uh, blitz, do stuff, stuff like that. Don't just sit back and drop. If it's Brooke Lopez, who's not exactly fleet of foot, <laughs> asking him to go do that is is you're you're probably setting him up for failure. So I agree there were some things that needed to change here. If, and if this works out, nobody's gonna complain. If this yeah. works out for the Bucs, nobody everybody's gonna say, Yep, they did their they made the tough decision, they did what they needed to do, and they got the guy that they need, that they needed. What? So now we'll see. The, the, Let me ask all, all they can do now is win. That well, so that's where it's gonna go. What yeah. is workout to you? Like, like what does that have to be? Like, like, where do they have to finish for this to say, yeah, that worked out for this team? Yeah, you you got to get to the finals. Yeah, okay, right. I mean, for page. yeah, for this team, you have to get to the finals. Like, that's yeah. anything. Obviously, last year they had the first round out, and that's that was terrible. They can't obviously can't do that. But I don't think second round is good enough for this. Not with Giannis in his prime. That's not that's not good enough. Yeah, and I don't even know that a competitive loss in the conference finals is good enough either i think it's it's finals or bust once you get to the finals so many things can happen i don't i am never gonna yeah if you're up 3-0 in the finals and you blow it well that's a whole other story doc will find a way but yeah good (laughs) it's like the last frontier for him and then it's like not only have i gotten bingo but i filled every square on the card too (laughs) um it turns into though I, i do think you get to a spot where it is Finals is is you, you you did it you got there, I but yeah anything less than that I I don't know that you're you know championing like hey this was a great success and we we yeah. we did everything we wanted to accomplish I don't think that's a thing. No, I, I agree. Um, they, they've got to get they get, look just to to close the book on it. If you're going to pay three coaches at the same time and two of them not to coach, you better get results from from it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Grizzlies do get awarded a disabled player exception for uh, for John Morant. Now, as we've said many, many times, Keith, just because you're awarded something like this does not mean you're necessarily going to use it, but it's always, uh, it's always good to have the option to use it and then choose not to rather than not have the option. So I don't know what, what the Grizzlies will do with this. Uh, here, if they're going to to use it, if they're not, we'll see what what happens here over the course of the season. Obviously, their season is, is shot. They're going to be you know playing for ping pong balls here. Of course, there's games they're going to go out there. They're going to play hard. The players on the floor are going to, no question. But this is going to be a lost season for them. I don't know what what can you see them doing with this disabled player exception? Yeah, so a few things on this. Let me start with this is not a John Morant hat despite what everybody seems to think regularly whenever <laughs> I wear it. It's actually a stylized F for Foundation Academy. That's where our daughter goes, and their team won in the district semifinals last night. Uh, her nice job. Team, so we're, we're proud. They're on to the district final uh, next week, so we're really proud of her and her teammates for that. Back to basketball with this. So it is worth $12.4 million how the disabled player exception works. It is worth half of the player's salary the player is out for the season or it gets capped at the non-taxpayer mid-level amount so in the grizzlies mm-hmm. case it gets capped at that 12.4 million because ja clearly makes well more uh than twice that amount so 12.4 million can be used to either acquire via trade uh off a waiver claim or to sign a player who is either on an expiring contract or to a one-year deal 
And it has to be truly expiring. It cannot be, there's an option year, there's a non-guaranteed year. It has to be truly expiring. The idea is you get to replace the player for the rest of the year while the other player is out. You don't get to have them long-term. The other piece that goes into this as well uh, with the Grizzlies is that you can only use this for one player, but it doesn't come with an additional roster spot. Now, Memphis has enough guys out in a long term. They could petition the NBA for an additional roster spot or two or maybe even three at this point if they wanted to. We haven't gotten to that point yet. We'll see if that's where they go. They did that earlier in the year. That's when they had Bismack Biombo. So putting all that together, I don't know that they use it, but it's it's a tool to put in your toolbox and if a deal comes up that makes a lot of sense and it's like, hey, we'll actually give you a first round pick if you take on this guy in a trade too or a second yeah. round pick or something. Maybe you're like, all right, yeah, let's do that. Let's help help a team out with this. I think the more likely path for Memphis moving forward here in the next two weeks before the trade deadline is they make some sort of unbalanced trade, whether that's a one zero trade or a two for one or something like that to create a roster spot so that they can convert Gigi Jackson to a standard deal. He's been playing really well. We already saw them do this with Vince Williams Jr. Mm -hmm. And I think Gigi Jackson's going to be next up on that. You could let it carry to restrictive free agency this summer and probably be just fine. But I I think Memphis is going to be in a spot where they're really going to look to try to get him in the fold long term because he's showing a lot of promise and playing really well. Yeah, and so that's something where – it just gives you that little bit of extra flexibility. Having this this GPA DPE is going to help you out if you're the Grizzlies. So uh, again, this isn't this is not going to be some earth shattering t- trade or something like that here in this. But um, this is something that can help Memphis get through this season, make make a move here here or there, and then see what's what this summer. Again, I said it before, yeah. but I, I think this is a team that can bounce right back next season and be right in the thick of things in the Western Conference, especially when they're going to get a pretty nice draft pick this year. Yeah, they either hit on that draft pick and get a good player or they use that pick in a trade. They're they're right there, right? Right back, I, you know, top two, three team in the West probably, and that's almost without factoring in what other teams do this summer. Maybe top three, four, I don't know. But it'll be in that range. It'll be in the you know top half of the playoff picture for sure because there's that much talent uh, still on this roster. So it's just – the wheels came off and everything fell apart for them this year, but they should be be ready to bounce back strong. The one big question, they're lined up right now to be a tax team next year. Okay. What is that going to look like for them moving forward? Because that's territory they've only strayed into a couple times and never very deeply. They've kind of gone in like up to like their their knees, maybe. They never passed that. So so we'll see if they're want to get a little bit more adventurous in the luxury tax waters than that. All right, the Bulls and Pistons reportedly discussed Zach Levine trades. Um, okay, <laughs> why, why, why Zach Levine for the? I guess for the Pistons, this would be your way, especially if Zach Levine's a little banged up and and you're already losing plenty of games. You're adding a piece that potentially is of the quality that you're not going to get on the free agent market this summer. If you're looking to try to take a, a step forward next year, it makes sense there. If the Bulls are particularly a motivated seller as well, that could help you add Zach Levine without potentially giving up too many future assets, which again, your upside, you're you're not going to find a player the caliber of Zach Levine without having to give up 
too many other future assets. But the fact that he's got this long-term deal might be enough to, to depress his value. So I get there's an opportunistic part of this for the Pistons. But there's also a pretty dangerous downside to this, Keith, especially if Zach Levine, if it doesn't work, he would be really hard to, to flip again. And he's on your books for a long time. If you do this, if you're the Pistons, obviously, depending on what you're giving up, this could also be the anchor weighing down your eventual rebuild. So it, it was same with any team, really, though, trading for Zach Levine. you got to be certain that he's the guy that you want because that contract is no joke. Yeah, I, I laughed a little because you said eventual rebuild. And I'm like, how's that eventual rebuild different? From I guess I guess I've got them as rebuild. like, <laughs> no, they're I not even they're not even into the building part, right? It's just <laughs> yeah. it's just torn down right now. Yeah. Rebuilds just they're starting to to build it back up. They're not they're not quite there. It's right like now. that house down the street that caught fire. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, some they're gonna rebuild a house <laughs> there, and seven years later, it's still this like vacant lot that like yeah. kids break bottles in and and you know playing out there. So that's a, a mess. But it's, I know uh, I know Bryce listens to the show. I am sorry, yeah. man. sorry, man. Yeah, uh, he's, we apologize. Bryce is our guy, man. Motor City Hoops on Twitter. He's a good guy, but he also is very realistic about where they're at. I I think so. There's a couple things, right, with, with this idea. One is getting Zach Levine. The Pistons are also smart enough. They're not going to sell this as playoffs. Here we come. Like they won their fifth game last night. They're on pace to win nine games this year. Maybe Zach Levine lifts you to winning 12. If he's healthy and can play the rest of the year, fine, whatever. No one cares. So they're not going to sell that. In next year, maybe he helps you be a better team. You keep some of your guys. You can build around that and you move it forward. So that seems to be the, the impetus for this. I have no problem taking on the money this year. No problem taking on the money next year. It's the years after that is where it starts to get messy. Because even if this works, that also means Cade Cunningham popped, right? And really became something. Because Zach Levine's not going to lift you on, on his own. So that means now you got Levine on a near max deal. You're going to have Cade Cunningham probably on a max deal. And the next thing you know, all of a sudden we're sitting here with whoa, wait a minute, now we get a whole bunch of dudes yeah. in, we're, we're in cap hell. So that becomes comes the challenge. People will come back and say, yeah, but only have two years left then. That's fair too. So I don't hate the idea. What James Edwards of The Athletic reported though was the Bulls want Boyan Bogdanovich because clearly the Bulls are not giving up on this season for themselves. So they want him, but they want one of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Duran. Jaden Ivey or Sarah Thompson. And that's not going to happen. The, the Pistons have basically said, hey, those guys, not, not that they're saying they're untouchable, but it's you better blow us away with an offer to get any one of those guys. Otherwise, not happening. And Zach Levine's not clearly a blow us away with an offer kind of guy in that situation. So this maybe is one where let's see where you're at at noontime on trade deadline day. Are you clocks ticking now? Are you ready to come down on your ask and we'll send you Bogdanovich and Burks and I don't know, a second round pick or something. And that gets it done. If that's where you want to go or, you know, well, where, where does this land? But I, I kind of get it for the Pistons, but I think they're being very smart by not throwing in all their best stuff. Cause that would be that that's just a kind of move you make. That's a huge mistake and should get everybody fired. Speaking of, of which the Pistons are not shopping. Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks. My comment to you off air was they should be. Why? Yep. 
Why are they not? Why would you not be shopping your veteran guys? Otherwise, this to me, this this value is just the value in these players is going to expire on your roster. That's yep. what's going to happen if you don't shop these guys and you don't move them right now. If you're a team that is ready to win right now, that's fine. You're fine with getting the last bits of value from a, from a player and then see you, see you later. You know, maybe you go you do a, a retirement lap with another team or something, or you just call it a career. Um, and I'm not saying that's quite where Alec Burks is, but Bogdanovich is getting up there in years, and it doesn't make sense to me why why you would not not be now this could be posturing like hey we're not shopping we don't really want to move them you better come with a good offer if you want these guys but they can't seriously be hell-bent on keeping them like you gotta move these guys if you're if you're the pistons again otherwise you're just losing value yeah i think what's happening here is there's two things i i don't think it's we're not going to trade them that was felt like the case last year yeah. If anybody wants to go back a year ago and watch our shows, we repeated like they have such a high asking price on these these two guys in particular. A year ago, they just don't want to trade them. Their, their intention is we're going to try to be good next year. Well, we've all seen how that's gone, but we're going to mm -hmm. try to be there, and we want these guys to be a part of it. So, yeah, if you'll give us two firsts for Bogdanovich, let's go. But clearly no one's going to do that. This year, it sounds like they've come down a little bit more of a first and a young player type of deal. Burks, if it's two really good uh, second-round picks, was what the reporting was. Same article by James Edwards on The Athletic of, of an ask. All right, I kind of get it, but that price is still a little high for me on both guys. Maybe you get a first for Bogdanovich or a young player, but both, that starts to get a little messy. And there's a thought again of, Maybe we just keep them. We can resign Burks because mm -hmm. even if they're still losing games, which they are, as they've started to get guys healthy, they're playing better. Like they're more competitive in a lot of these games. They've been in, in there. They've actually passed Charlotte. Charlotte's now got a worse point differential than the uh, uh, Pistons, or at least did going into last night. I haven't checked uh, yet. They both won though. So right. Or, Pistons won last night, at least. Yeah, that's still true. Pistons are at negative 10.1. The Hornets are at negative 11.1. Quick quick uh, trip down Hornets' path. They've not won a game by double digits yet. All of their wins have been less, by less than 10 points. No one's ever done that in a season. Wow. Not won a single game by at least, by at least double digits once. So, and the Hornets just beat the Wolves, who right now are yeah. the two seed in, in the Western Conference. They're in a tie for number one. This league, man, That's crazy, crazy, right? crazy yeah. stuff happens. So anyway, back to the Pistons, though. So my guess is Cade Cunningham's supposed to be back here, I think maybe for their next game. Sounds like he's really close to returning. Now it's let's take a look at what it looks like for a couple weeks and see. And if there are flashes where it is, hey, we can play pretty competitive for the rest of this season. We've already locked in a top three, four pick pre-lottery. We all we all know how that went for them last year. They moved from yeah. one to five and had the worst possible Ouch. lottery outcome as anybody. But it is, let, let's see where it goes. So I, 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 it's not the path I would take. I would trade both of these guys. Again, don't have to give them away, but go get something okay for both of them and, and move on and, and take your lumps the rest of the way, really free up even more. Uh, salary cap flexibility going forward and just kind of move, move along. But it sounds like they're not in the uh, realm of throwing in the towel beyond this year. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of a dangerous place to be in. Mm -hmm. Yep.
Yeah, absolutely. It's it's surprise. It's surprise. We, we we did this last year though. Yeah, we said it's surprising that they would not apparently not want to move on from Bogdanovich. We kind of get it, but you would think they would want to move on. But it was to the point where we kept asking, "Is this? Are they posturing, or do they yeah. really actually not want to move?" Now we're another year down the road. They're sitting at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. It, it's it's shocking. Yeah. It's shocking. That's yeah, all I know is if this topic comes up as another thing. We'll just replay this or replay last year's, and we can yeah. go like grab a drink or a snack or something, and come back oh. ten minutes later. And we'll is this is this our new John Collins? It might be. Now, imagine <laughs> if Bogdanovich stays and this becomes a third for like year. five years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. They resign him for a couple years, and it's thirty-nine-year-old Bogdan or Boyan Bogdanovich is on the trade market again. Our- really. It would start to rival our Hawks looking to trade John Collins uh, <laughs> news news pieces. Um, all right. The, the coaching carousel didn't just end with the Bucks. Wes Unfeld, Unsell Jr. fired by the Washington Wizards. Well, fired um, as the coach, moved to a front office role. But Okay, I should. I should. I should. <laughs> yeah. let, let's be kind to him. Let me. Uh, let me edit that. I'm going to say reassign. <laughs> yeah. Promoted in quotes. <laughs> Yeah, they they, they are promoted, yeah. reassign Wes Unsell Jr. So he's no longer coaching the team. So I okay, Perfect. fire is too strong. Perfect. But reassign Wes Unsell Jr. Uh, what are your thoughts on them making this move uh, right now? Obviously, this team's not not gonna. They're not making a playoff push or anything no. like that. But clearly, they must not. Given the fact that winning is not the priority right now, they must not think that Wes Unsell Jr. is the guy to take this team to the next level for the future. Yeah, I think this is a, you had your chances, new front office that didn't hire him. Uh, We're in a full rebuild. We're going to start over with our guys. We're starting over with our players. We're going to start over with our coach. We're we're really going to turn this in our direction and move it forward. And Wes Unsell Jr., tough spot, right? He's a guy who waited for that first chance for a while, got it, and then the Wizards were like, uh, we're going to be the Wizards for a couple years and then we're going to tear it all down and start fresh. Mm-hmm. And he just gets caught up in it. So it's just a tough spot to be in. We rarely see a coach survive a front office change like this. It's just not something we generally see happen. So, and it didn't happen here. My guess is um, they're going to go, I would not be surprised if they go for a, like an up and coming coach next year uh, mm-hmm. in the, the summer because they made it clear Brian Keefe is the interim coach. But he is going to, they made it very clear he's the interim coach. I don't know how great he'd have to perform to get the job full time, but I'm going to guess it's probably not going to happen. So then what that turns into is we're in a spot where it is all right, let's hire an up and coming coach who can grow with the roster, be here as we kind of turn this thing around and start moving it forward. The challenge with that thing is that guy never really rarely makes it if it is. Now we're good. <laughs> then it turns into, all right, let's let's go get the next guy there. It does it does happen sometimes, to be sure. But it's not it, it, that's kind of rare in and of itself too. So let's see. But the Marvin Bagley trade, what's that? Like a couple weeks ago now, that mm-hmm. really signaled to me. Yeah, we're in this thing, multi year rebuild. I don't think they're done with making trades yet. I think it's going to be a very busy two weeks for the Wizards, and and this is all, all a part of it. Sneakily. They're now the second worst team in the NBA. The Spurs passed them. So the Spurs are three and seven in their last 10, despite losing the last two. 
and the Wizards are one and nine in their last 10 and the Spurs passed them. They're only two and a half games ahead of the Detroit Pistons. So mm. that gives you a little bit of a sense of where things are at there towards the bottom. This is also just, I'll say this as an aside, because a lot of people are like, who cares? This draft stinks. Starting to see some stuff and even some of my own draft work. I'm doing more draft work than I've ever done. This is starting to look like a better draft class than maybe it's felt like it was for the last uh-huh. six-ish months, just because some guys are starting to play well. Some guys are starting to stand out. And I think we're getting into a place where this, this feels like it's, I'm not going to say it's going to be good like the last couple of years were, but I, I I think there's going to be some good quality players in this draft class. Well, and that's something that may matter on the trade market too, yeah. um, as, as in terms of how teams value their 2024 yeah. first round picks. So Even something to Toronto, keep on. Toronto has now slipped enough there. I think, I think they're down to sixth worst. And that means they keep their pick if they hold there. But they obviously if they go higher because they owe a top six protected pick to the Spurs. So you are correct. They are now sixth worst. They are a game ahead of the Grizzlies in yep. the, the race to the bottom. They are there Red are Hawks, three Grizzlies. two in a row. What? Six yeah. and four in their last day. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Um Scotty Pippen Jr., former it, former former it, South Bay Laker doing some it, things. Should, for them. should have made that move months ago and they'd yeah. probably be in the playing tournament. Um, the, there's a three game gap though, between the next team below them. That's the Blazers. So I don't know that the Raptors fall much farther than this, but, but uh, holding it's at the sixth worst record. I think that's not out of the question for them. Yeah. Now you, you run the risk. If anybody behind you jumps up, you slide back when you give the pick, but there's only so much you can worry about that for the rest of the season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right. Uh, by the way, I should have mentioned this off the top, but tomorrow... Uh, our our front office live show. We're going to be joined by Jake Fisher from Yahoo, uh, which which will be a lot of fun. Jake's going to come on the show. Uh, we'll be live at twelve thirty Eastern time. So come join us for Front Office Friday, twelve thirty Eastern time. Uh, and again, Jake Fisher from Yahoo will join the show. 
Keith, whatever are we going to talk about? Uh, I don't know. Uh, cool stuff we did Movies. in Vegas last summer. <laughs> I don't know. Probably trades, trade rumors. Probably trades. Plenty of trade stuff to get <laughs> yeah, into. Being serious, we probably won't have a lot of time for nonsense tomorrow. We may, Maybe sure. we'll mix in a little because um, it's us. But we're, we're going to try to stay on uh, track, get your questions ready, because we, we will go to, to the audience for questions. Keep them relevant and appropriate if you start getting silly we're just we'll, we'll ignore them and we're we're not gonna not gonna go there but yeah if you've got trade questions jake's the guy to ask he's as connected as anybody is um you did it, it, if you read his stuff he hints at stuff regularly yeah. that then ends up happening a few days later so he's really well connected on a lot of things that's going on uh with that we've also already given him carte blanche if he's like uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about that or something. He'll, he'll, you know, he, he can back away, but he knows, he knows how to handle himself, uh, better than anybody else does. So it's going to be a great show. Really, really looking forward to it. This is, uh, this is really taking me back to my teaching days, Keith. We have a, we have a visitor coming to class. Everybody <laughs> yes. be on your best behavior. No, yep. no silliness. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so Jake Fisher will be coming up. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for, for our show tomorrow. Again, 1230 Eastern time. We'll go live on the front office YouTube channel. You guys can join in, ask any questions that you want. Just keep them appropriate. Um, all right. Last thing that we've got for today, the Bulls would like multiple first round picks in exchange for Alex Caruso. That, that's like that's kind of what's been going on around about Dorian Finney-Smith too. Like multiple firsts is what the Nets want. So I totally get that. If the Nets want multiple firsts for for DFS, then the Bulls are going to say multiple firsts for Caruso. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants everything right now for all their players. That will change closer to the trade deadline. We have seen more moves, I think, than typical ahead of the deadline. At least the Maybe. bigger moves like the Rozier yeah. um, ahead of the deadline. But still, we're still in that that phase right now where teams are going to ask for the moon in exchange for their guys. Caruso's really good though. So I, I would expect the bulls to, to they'll want a lot in order to give him up. This one feels a little more real to me than some of the others where it's like, Oh, we got to have two first to trade the guy like yeah. Finney Smith. That feels a little like, Hey, if we can get somebody to give us two first awesome, but otherwise we're, we're just going to kind of, move along here where maybe we'll take one and everybody gets to reality. Mm -hmm. This one feels a little bit more real just because Caruso is so valuable as a player. He's plug and play on literally any team in the league could use him and put him in any number of roles and he's going to be great for them. And his contract is so good that anybody could acquire him fairly easily in terms of just matching the salary. So I get it if Chicago said, nah, we could have two first round picks. I don't know that they're going to get it because I think that can be a little sketchy for some yeah. teams. Just trade two that starts to take you out of the ability to trade other ones down the line, and that can get kind of messy. So unless you're one of these teams sitting with extra picks, then maybe, but, but we'll see. But I think um, we'll, Bulls are – Along with Toronto, because now it seems like Toronto really is open for business. Bulls are a team we're all going to be watching over the next two weeks because of Caruso and Levine. And can they be persuaded to move to Mar DeRozan? Like, well, what does that look like? Doesn't feel like they'll go that quite that far, but mm -hmm. we're, we're definitely going to have our eyes on Chicago for sure. Yeah, Bulls, 
Raptors. I mean, there, there's going to be the Wizards. There's a number of teams that we're going to be keeping a real close eye on here as we as we get closer and closer to that trade deadline, which again is coming up uh, February eighth. Uh, yeah, time you listen, to this less than two weeks to go, and it's uh, three o'clock Eastern time. Is is the Eastern. actual when the buzzer sounds, pencils down, all of that. And uh, <laughs> did you see my tweet? I did, and that's okay, what I had to throw right. that. I when like, I said buzzer good. sounds, I'm like, I need to use Keith's phrase too. The <laughs> pencils down. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw that. And I was like, I was, I, I said the buzzer sound because I was thinking that that was that was me, and then the pencils down. I, I thought to my in my head, I went, I need to use Keith's phrase too, and so I threw that out there. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's when it's going to happen. We'll be live uh, that morning. We haven't picked a time yet. We'll figure that out as we get closer and we get yeah. a better sense for probably an doesn't feel ahead like of the deadline. Yeah, and, and we won't. Just so everybody knows, if there's a big deal on Wednesday night, like late into the evening, depends on how late into the evening. Maybe we go live for and, it. and how big of a deal it is. And yeah, and how big of a deal it is. And the same thing for Thursday morning, because we're going to be live generally for several hours on deadline day. So we'll we'll get, we'll get in there early enough to recap everything that's happened, and then we'll get into it. Generally, trade deadline day, how the day just goes is. You might get something early in the morning and everybody kind of pauses around like noon Eastern ish because you get the West coast teams are really full on get up and going mm -hmm. and the East coast teams are grabbing lunch and that. And then everything picks back up in the last couple hours ahead of the deadline. So, and I'll repeat this deadline day, but it only matters if you're in the queue at 3 PM. I put that in my tweet and I poked fun at myself because I knew people would do it. So I preemptively did it uh, for them, but it's, it's we're going to repeat some of this stuff, but it's, it's always a fun day. We've done it either two or three years in a row. This will either be the second or third or third yeah. or fourth year. I can't remember, but I don't know yeah, at this point. We, 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 we have fun with it. It's always, always a good time. We'll be able, we'll break everything down and try to get there. And it's, it's crazy because, People will be, oh my God, this just happened. And then like we'll be in the middle and somebody like, actually, it's a three-team trade now. And it's this. And that's that's always a fun part too to experience that live with everyone. Somebody was asking me yesterday how long the front office show YouTube channel has been in existence. And I for I'm like, it could be two yeah. years, it could be three. I don't really remember a time before front office. If that yeah, it was like <laughs> pandemic-ish that we relaunched but we weren't on youtube initially i think so, it i want to say it was 2021 when the channel yeah, started that probably sounds about right yeah uh, which thanks to everybody i know we already said it once but not only did we 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 climbed over thirty thousand subscribers then we've blown right past that like we have picked yep. up people so keep telling people telling you guys like the videos because i had two people this week tell me the youtube algorithm fed them the show as something to check out that only Very happens because cool. people subscribe and they like the, the episode so that is huge um for us as well as subscribe on your favorite uh podcast player as well that, that also helps and if we can or especially over on itunes get those ratings and reviews and those are you know very helpful to the show as well too because as much as we think everybody sees the show on youtube i know a lot of people listen through uh through the podcast uh providers mm -hmm. as well Absolutely. Yeah. The, the podcast side is definitely big for us as well. Yeah. I just, I just looked back, Keith, our very first video, it's a, it doesn't give me an exact date on just as two years ago, but very first video was Kemba Walker traded by Celtics. Yes. I remember that. I remember. I, I wasn't even in my like, studio at this point. Yeah. The studio was not built. I'm in yeah, my garage. I'm looking you. at this video. I'm in my garage. Yeah, I can tell you uh, when that was. Hold on. 
I, I know I can tell you because it was like when he got traded to, to Oklahoma City. And that would have been in the end of June of 2001. Middle of June, 2001. So, yeah. So, what's that? Like two and a half years? Yeah. Yeah. Doing well. Went, went by in a, in a blink of an eye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. Again, thank you. Those of you who have been around from day one of the yeah. day, you guys, you guys are real ones. Awesome. Thank you guys for, for sticking around. Again, if you haven't subscribed yet, hit that subscribe button. And then, as Keith said, follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts as well. We'll see, you, see you tomorrow, tomorrow. Front Office Friday. Yeah. yeah. Front Office Friday. Jake. I'm going to have to warn Jake ahead of time about <laughs> the should. yell. Yeah, probably tell him to, to take him. his headphones out so yeah. he's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that tomorrow 12 30 eastern time hope you guys come join us for that till then everybody see ya and stay safe